All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back for another Boca podcast episode. And I am really excited to have somebody who, I I mean, Ashley, I should have had you on the podcast a long time ago. I feel like we've been friends for a long time. You're one of the sweetest personalities when I get to see you, anytime I get to see you at various photography industry events. But Ashley Being is here with me. And um, I just, I want to thank you for making time for all of us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Well, and we're finally making this happen. I'm, and we're going to dig into a topic that I'm personally passionate about. Uh, you and I both actually have had pretty significant experiences when it comes to making change in regards to our health. And mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit later in the conversation about a healthy approach to weight loss for photographers. Um, and I think this is a really okay. relevant conversation on multiple levels. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But I normally start out, Ashley, with a a list of questions for my guests. And the first one has to do with customer experience. Because first of all, you are a photographer. And um, for everybody listening in, if you go to Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H, Bing, photography.com, we'll put this in the show notes. And of course, it's the same thing, Ashley Bing on Instagram. Uh, You can see Ashley's work. But what has been one of the most important lessons that you've learned as far as providing a great customer experience for your customers? Um, That's a great question. So I think a great customer experience allows people to spread the news about your brand, right? So just when, okay, for example, like if you say, oh, you know, Ashley, I like your shirt. There are going to be either two responses that I'm going to give you. I'm either going to say thank you or I'm going to say, oh, thank you. I got it at blah, blah, blah. Right. Yep. So you want somebody to say, oh, thank you. I got it at and talk about your brand. Yes. So I think a great customer experience will create that second person that wants to share the good news about your business. And I look at it as I would rather invest in people than marketing. Hmm. And the more you invest in people, the more they'll spread like good word about your business. And Word of mouth is so much more powerful than, let's say, like a sponsored ad that somebody sees pop up. Right. They're going to take what their best friend said about said brand over an Instagram ad because they were just happened to talk about it with somebody 10 minutes ago. So I think it's very important for that. Oh, 100%. What's one thing specifically that you have done to up the ante when it comes to customer experience? For my wedding clients, especially, I send them a welcome box. Mm. And in that welcome box, it has a magazine. And the magazine is full color. It is magazine quality. And it's probably about 76 pages of information. Really? And it's like, while Oh, yeah. And while I am a great resource, you can email me. You can uh, call me. But if you have booked me as your wedding photographer, you are looking at me as your expert. I'm going to give you the tool so you can feel like you have that go-to handbook, just at your desk, whenever you're ready to look at it, instead of feeling like you're lost until you call me. It's like, no, 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 I want you to feel as prepared as possible. And most of my clients have never been married. So they don't have that experience of, oh, I've done this before. This is how we did it. Oh, last time I did it, this is how I did it. It's like, nope, this is a brand new experience for most of the people that I'm dealing with. So if you turn to page 48, it might talk about why having an unplugged ceremony is a great idea or what to have put over to the side so when I arrive, I can start shooting. Instead of, oh, hey, everybody, I'm Ashley. For those of those of you that don't know me, I'm here. I'm going to be spending some time with you. Where are your shoes, your cufflinks, your, your perfume, your watch? Like all those things that you have spent so much time gathering and that are important to you, I want to start shooting those things. I don't want to come in and start a scavenger hunt to find things. But of course, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that spends a lot of time. So I send them a client welcome box that has that magazine in it. Um, It'll have things like candles, bath bombs, because planning a wedding is a stressful time. And anyone who has planned a wedding knows like it is stressful. So I try to be that that piece of peace for them, right? So that thing that they don't have to worry about is like, when I think about my photographer, it is just a lovely experience. Like she thought about me enough to know that, hey, these candles are perfect right now. This pillow spray is perfect. And that is just something that I send them as a booking gift because it's it's important for them to know, hey, you're not just investing in me. I am investing back in you. And that goes back to the whole customer experience thing. And when they talk to their friends who will be planning their wedding soon, maybe they'll say, Oh my gosh, my photographer, like I absolutely love her because X, Y, Z. So that goes back to the whole customer experience and investing in my client 
rather than investing in marketing for the internet. Which is kind of fascinating to think about, right? We're in 2020 and this idea of word of mouth marketing is still one of the most powerful ways to get new business. If, as you point out, you're willing to invest in that customer experience, but I am still stuck back on this 76 page magazine. I've (laughs) never heard of this before. I've heard of the idea of sending, you know, literature or having a handout or maybe a small booklet or something. Like I want to Venmo you, whatever it is that I need to Venmo you and get a copy of this because I've never seen anything like this before. (laughs) It sounds amazing. That's incredible. (laughs) Wow. How, like how long did it take you to put that together? So actually I got a template years ago. So at this point I've been sending it out for about four years. And of course the template is pretty like generic and you have to fit it to your company. So I put all my images in and like for the wording that didn't fit my company, I'm just like delete, delete, delete and change to what I wanted. But as far as like the template, it talked about, um, what to wear at your engagement session, the importance of a first look, whether you want to do it, why you don't want to do it. Um, the unplug ceremony, the timeline building. So it has a lot of great information. And while I will create so many things, I am, I totally believe in not reinventing the wheel. Hmm. If I find it and it's just like, oh, I can purchase that and make it my own. I'm going to invest in that because that is going to take so much time off of my hands because I am a solopreneur. So everything in my business, I do myself. Right. So anything that I can find that can shave a little bit of time, I'm going to do it because I want to get back to that work-life balance. But I'll absolutely send you one. <laughs> oh, that that sounds amazing. Yeah, and I'll have to put it in stories or something just to highlight it because, again, I've never heard – it's one thing to have a booklet. It's another thing to do 76 pages worth of information. I mean, that is that is really all-encompassing, it sounds like, and, and it sounds like an incredible resource for your, your customers too. Yeah, which, absolutely. Again, if we're going to do anything to, to – improve our business, especially if we don't have the cash to to spend on any outside marketing efforts, investing in that customer experience is, is really the first place to go. So that's a great reminder for all of us. And I appreciate you sharing your perspective on that. And I'm curious to, to get your take too on this idea of brand position. This is something that we talk a lot about at the podcast. What makes your business, actually a couple questions. First of all, what market are you based in? And then secondly, what enables you, what idea enables you to stand out amidst all the photographers there in that marketplace? What's your brand position? So I am located in Maryland, but I work primarily in the DMV, DC, Maryland, and Virginia. However, I do travel. So I've shot weddings out of state, out of the country, just like I'm all over the place. Have passport, will travel. Hello? (laughs) (laughs) Passport and camera ready. I think in in this area, in the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area, it's very it's a small area. Everybody knows everybody. The photographers especially know each other. Okay. I mean, we're a very tight community. So especially the photographers of color, we all know each other. We hang out together. We are we are like, hey, I have somebody. I'm unavailable. Yeah. Would you like to take this? And we have a very similar style. So our our colors are rich, very bold with our images. Okay. And I think. My photography is for people that recognize the value of quality and emotion evoking images. So in addition to wedding photography, I also am a lifestyle photographer and I love creating visual content for the creative entrepreneur. And my thing is, if I work with you, it's usually somebody that I wouldn't mind being friends with Mm. because I've learned in this business that all money is not good money. And there are going to be a lot of people that are going to try to nickel and dime you. And they'll say, oh, my gosh, I love your work. But then sometimes when you show the price of the work, they don't understand the value of the work. So it's like, uh, all money is not good money. And if it's not somebody that I could see myself being friends with, nine times out of 10, I'm not going to take the job. How do you, I mean, is there a process like when you meet a potential client for the first time where you're essentially screening them? Have you actually turned them away or sent them to a different photographer? What does that look like? Absolutely. So for my wedding clients, especially I do in-person consultations. I prefer in-person consultations, but sometimes because if they're out of state, we will do a FaceTime consultation. But that consultation not only is for them to get to know me and talk to me and ask me questions, but it's for me to kind of do the same for them because while they're looking to have me as their photographer, I'm looking to see, is this somebody that I want to work with? Is this somebody that I enjoy sharing space with? Is their energy good? Is it matching mine? Is this a draining conversation? Do I want this <laughs> conversation to last longer? Yeah. Like all of these things matter because on a wedding day, 
I am going to be spending so much time with this couple and that before we even get to the wedding day, I am going to be dealing with them over a span of sometimes a year. And it's going to be a, a lot of back and forth, emailing, calling. We're going to have an engagement session. And if this is a draining conversation for this hour consultation, I know that through this year, it's going to be draining. Hmm. And to me, it's not going to be worth it. Yeah. It's like no amount of money can be worth my energy and my, like my happiness. So in that consultation, we're going back and forth with the questions. We're just having conversations. So it's, it's very informal, but it tells you a lot <laughs> in that time. Oh, I totally um, get that. that. You know what? I love, yeah. I love your assertiveness in, in that. Um, you say, you know what, this is what I want for my personal mm-hmm. life and my business. And so if this person, this potential client doesn't fit that set of goals, then I, I can just let them go. I can, and I mean, do, would you refer them to somebody you think they're a better fit for? Or what is, what, what happens at that so, point? So, and, and it really depends on the issues that I'm, that I'm feeling with them. Okay. If I feel like it's somebody trying to nickel and dime, I'm not going to refer them sure. because they're going to try to nickel and dime anyone that I refer them to. Yeah. But if it's just like a personality fit, then I have, you know, a lot of us have different personalities and I know, Oh, you would be perfect for such and such. Sure. And I'll say, you know, I'm unavailable on your date, but I think this person would be a better fit. And I'll do that whole introduction. So it's not like, oh, I'm just throwing them away because I never want anybody to feel like I'm just like tossing them because that's never the case. But I have to, like I said, protect myself. And I know that that year long journey, I'm going to regret it. And I've had a couple that I've taken on that I've been like, you know what, this wasn't a great idea. <laughs> but depending <laughs> but depending on, you know, where I was financially, sometimes you have to be sure. like, hey, this isn't a great idea. I'm, I might be tired. Sure. I might be, I might not feel like it. But at the end of the day, you know, the bills have to be paid because this is a business. But when I do get the chance to choose, I am definitely choosing. I love it. And that goes back to this idea of, I mean, it's such a cliche word, it seems like in our industry at the moment, but intentionality or being intentional is really yeah. important. If you're clear about what you want up front, that enables you to be a much better business owner all the way around. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that in of itself is just a great reminder for us. So thanks for sharing that too. And let's actually jump to another point of conversation about time. Now, I mean, you and I right now and, and basically the rest of the world are all kind of stuck in quarantine with coronavirus at the moment. <laughs> oh, but yeah. and, and of course, there's no telling exactly how much longer that's going to last. So we have maybe a bit more time than we normally do at the moment. But normally juggling a business and then having a personal life, relationships, et cetera, that can be a bit challenging. Is there a particular tip or technique um, that you have learned that's enabled you to, to create a bit more time in your life as a business owner? Yeah. So I, I got into business for myself. Well, one, because I got laid off from my job. Right. So I was kind of like forced into business yeah, for myself. I get that. And I had just purchased a camera. Like I didn't buy a camera to be a photographer. I bought a camera because I loved capturing memories of like me, my friends and my family. Hmm. That's it. But once I got into business, I enjoyed being in control of my life. And for me, that meant working when I wanted to, and most importantly, not working when I didn't want to. <laughs> yep. So, so about three years ago, I stopped shooting on the weekends unless it's a, unless it was a wedding. And this helped me mainly get like a, a good work-life balance. And I noticed that I was missing out on a lot of things that I wanted to do with my family and my friends, but not just like things I wanted to do with them, things I wanted to do with myself. I wanted to you know, maybe read this or go to this event or just do anything. And I found that when I was shooting Monday through Sunday, my calendar had a little more flexibility during the week. But on the weekends, when everybody else was off, that's when I was working. And if somebody wanted to shoot on the weekends, I was still available for that. But I started to associate a premium price for that time. Because it's like, okay, I can shoot on Saturday, but if I shoot on Saturday, I'm going to miss this with my niece Mm. and I will never get that back with my niece. So if you want to shoot on Saturday, we can do it, but we have to add this premium price. And then they would say, oh, well, actually, you know, Thursday is work. Thursday (laughs) will work. Uh, I can make that work. No problem. I'll just, I'll do this and I'll change this around. And it's like, okay, great. So now I have my Saturday back with my niece and I can still work on Thursday. So it was a way to have my Monday through Thursday full and then my Friday to Sunday kind of very a lot more flexible to do those things that I wanted to do instead of the things that I had to do. Well, and again, you're, you're being intentional too. It's not just kind of reacting to whatever's coming in, whenever it's going to happen. You say, this is what I want. And uh, in order to kind of 
move everything in that direction. I'm going to put a premium on, on shooting in the weekends. And, and it's funny yeah. how how quickly people will change their minds when you put a little oh, extra money sure. in there. <laughs> sure, because people will do what they want to do. And when yeah. you think about it, like people will take off work to go to the doctor and nobody wants to go to the doctor, but they will take off work to go to the doctor. So if you don't want to do that and you want to have a photo shoot, you might take off work to do something that you want to do. And it was something that I had to like kind of get out of my own way to realize because yep. I was like, Oh, nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to do that. And then I just, tried to implement it and I just kind of eased it in and I realized, oh, this is a thing. This can work. And it just started working and I haven't gone back. And that's been at least three years. Another way that, that we can save time significantly in our business is through delegation or some would say outsourcing. Is mm-hmm. is there is this a principle that you have experimented with in your business? Have you found any benefit in it if so? So uh, there are plenty of benefits in it. And I am I get in my own way for this. So I'm really, really, really terrible at delegating and outsourcing in my business, right? So the emailing, the scheduling, the bookkeeping, yeah. the taking the photos, the editing, album designing, <laughs> the leading, <laughs> assisting, the troubleshooting, et cetera, et cetera, like all the things yeah. have been me. And it's awful. It's awful. And that's kind of why I'm like, I need the weekend to not be working because I do all of these things. And I have, there's one thing that I have delegated and that has been my branding and my website. Hmm. So the same person did that. And that's Tiffany at the Emma Rose agency. She is amazing. And I highly recommend her. I highly, highly, highly recommend her. And she did. Yeah. So like my logo, my website design, my brand colors, like all of these things, she has been in charge of. And I guess the one thing that I've let go in my business, I'm like, Oh, it's so great. Everything else. I'm like, it's, me, it's me. <laughs> like, somebody save me. So I do understand like the the importance of outsourcing and delegating. And I just I need to get out of my own way to let some of the other things go. But of course, you know, being in the house for a month now because of COVID, oh, I don't have to delegate anything right this second because I have plenty of time to do it, unfortunately. But <laughs> it is it is very important to delegate, to get some of that time back for sure. And Nathan, I just got to get out of my own way, but it's something that is on my list. It's high on my list. Well, I mean, you, you made a move with it, with branding, as you pointed out. And yeah. for anybody listening in, if you go to Ashley's site, it's ashleybingphotography.com. I mean, you can see it. It's, it's beautifully done too. It's a very classic look to it with a, a serif font and then the sans serif font for, for some of the uh, the, the text or subtext, yeah. very, very clean, classic look to it. It's really lovely. So yeah, she definitely did a, a wonderful job. And what, what was her name again? Tiffany at the Emma Rose agency. And her Instagram is the Emma, the Emma Rose agency. It's T H E E M M A R O S E. Okay. Awesome. Agency. Well, we'll put that in the, in the show notes too, for anybody who's curious, Perfect. but um, I mean, it, it's also funny to me that you literally listed all the things that you could potentially delegate. So you're aware. It's just a matter of kind of oh, learning, yeah. learning to let go. <laughs> yes. yes, I'm a Virgo. And if you know anything about a Virgo, we like, okay, move, let me do it. It's like, oh, <laughs> that is, that is a Virgo. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to ask you to do it. And I'm also going to be doing it while I'm asking you to do it. <laughs> right. It's awful. I know myself, though. <laughs> I know myself. Oh, that's good. Talk to me about inspiration. Um, it, this is, again, it seems as though almost like, like a cliche word these days, but do you find, outside of the photography industry and other photographers' Instagram accounts, is there a particular place that you find inspiration, encouragement in your work as, as a photographer, as an artist, that has been particularly impactful? Yeah. So, um, everyday life. And like you said, it's super cliche, right? Everyday life and people and relationships between people mostly Mm. and like those nonverbal communication moments that happen. Those are the things I look for because it's natural. And I think one thing that's changed my eye is getting into street photography because, and it, it helps especially with capturing moments on a wedding day, because like, those are the, moments that are happening where it's like those transitional moments. So like everybody's looking for the bride walking down the aisle. It's like, yes, this is something that happens every time we know that they're going to kiss. We know that these things are going to happen, but there might be a moment between like the bride and her sister and they're over in the corner crying. And it's like, that is something that you want to take a picture of instead of like all the other things that happen on every 
every wedding day known to man. Right, right. The bride is having a moment with her sister because I don't know, maybe when they were 10 years old, they always talked about, oh, on on my wedding day, I'm going to do this. And on my wedding day, I'm going to do this. And now that moment is actually happening and they're reminiscing on something that happened 20 years ago. So like you want to be aware of things that are happening outside of the things that everybody else sees. And I think that street photography has helped me with that because it's always so much going on. It's like, where is the moment? What is happening? What am I looking for? I'm not just going to start taking pictures of everything because while everything is important, everything is not important in this very moment. Speaking of those moments and interactions between people, is that a photo of your parents on the homepage of your website? Yeah, yeah, it is. So there's this, for anybody listening in who isn't looking at this at the moment, there's this gorgeous black and white image of Ashley's parents and this moment between the two of them that is just lovely. Tell me a little bit more about that. So um, my parents got married, I guess at this point, it'll be 41 years ago in July. Wow. And on their wedding day, they had a photographer and the photographer was taking all these pictures, all these great pictures. And the photographer put the images into the lab to get developed and the lab caught on fire. So my oh. parents never got their wedding images oh, from their no. wedding day. So I know it's super, super sad. And um, two weeks after that, my mother's father died. Wow. So she doesn't have any images of her father walking her down the aisle, just oh. like all of the all of the images for this day are gone. Um, so me being a photographer, and this is something that I had thought of a couple of times, but you know, wearing all the hats in my business, time kind of just slips away. And then finally I said, you know what, Ashley, this is what you're gonna do for your parents for their anniversary. So I surprised them with a an anniversary photo shoot. I didn't tell them what was going on. I just said, okay, this is the date I need you and just be available for me. Hmm. That's it. So I coordinated um, a dress for my mom, tuxedo for my dad, makeup, a bouquet. And I was like, just be available for me. So I kind of took them around the town and we did a photo shoot and I had music playing through a speaker. So that is also like one of my, um, one of my little tricks especially when I'm doing like engagement sessions or just even branding sessions. I always have music because music loosens people up. It gets people going. They yeah. can kind of fall into the music and they're not so focused on, Oh, she's taking a picture of me. Let me pose. Let me smile. Am I doing this right? <laughs> it's like, you just kind of like, you kind of like let loose. So I put a playlist together with a lot of their favorite songs. Um, some songs from when they got married, their first dance song. So it was very intentional with the playlist. Wow. And I just took them out and said, hey, you know, we're going to have a photo shoot. And so those became their wedding images. And I guess that was a couple years ago. So 38 years later, at that point, they had wedding images. And I put an album together for them. Oh. So anytime somebody comes over, my parents have to be like, my mom's, especially my mom, she's like, oh my gosh, let me show you our wedding album. She's like, what, your wedding album? You've been married for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet though. And I mean, even just that, even if they had that one image, that image is just stunning. I mean, yeah. there's so much emotion. And knowing you, Ashley, I, I totally want to meet your parents too, because they, they just seem like <laughs> the coolest people. You you posted even Thank just you. a recent post on your Instagram account too. I think, were you, you guys cutting your dad's hair or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So I gave him a quarantine haircut yesterday. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, and you know, when when you think about people, people have all these things that they do that make them feel like themselves, whether it's like mm. showering regularly, yep. putting yep. on clothes, working out, yeah. grooming, just whatever it is that makes them feel like themselves. And when you take all of those things away and you have to be stuck in the house, sometimes that can have a very big impact on your mental. Yes. And um, my mom was like, Oh, you know, your dad's been, he's been in the room and it, he's had the curtains closed and he's like, he's not feeling like himself. And mm. then I saw him, he was a little scruffy and I said, okay, well, let me, let me give him a haircut. Like, let's see if this will, this will change some things. Okay. And I mean, as soon as I did it, you should have seen like how he looked in the mirror. He was checking himself out and he was dancing around. I was like, Whoa, that's and awesome. As small as something we always do that we don't realize how important it is. Yeah. It's like you have to maintain those things even through quarantine. Like yeah. if you go to the nail salon, okay, maybe we can't go to the nail salon now, but you know, clip your own nails, polish them, just sit there and watch Netflix and it will it will just help you 
on the inside, which will, you know, show on the outside. So it's very important to like maintain those things. And we just don't realize how important it is until we don't have it. Yeah. There's a sense of stability of oh, for sure. consistency that comes from something like that. And it sounds like such a first world problem, right? But, but yeah. I, I think it's probably an idea, a concept that's true, regardless of where you are in the world. There's, even if it's something small, that, that notion of consistency brings a sense of stability and being able to go back to that, especially in a time that is uncertain, um, can really be impactful. So that's, that's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Nonetheless, beautiful, beautiful story. And I really appreciate you sharing that too, about that, that photo of your parents. Talk to me about, yeah. um, we talked about inspiration. Talk to me about education. What is something, whether it's a podcast or a book in the last few years, that's made a really big impact on your life? One of the books that I've read has been The E-Myth Revisited. Yes. And yeah, it's, it's a great book. And I've read it and I need to read it again because it kind of goes back to the issue that I have with letting go, <laughs> <It> right? It does. <laughs> <laughs> so there are three parts of the business, right? There's the entrepreneur, the one with the ideas, the manager, the one who is the planner, and the technician, the one who is the doer. Hmm. In my business, I am the entrepreneur, the manager, and the technician. <laughs> but for a business to thrive, there needs to be like different levels and different people. So yeah. there has to be the entrepreneur that says, okay, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. The manager that says, okay, this is how we're going to do it. And the technician is the technician that says, okay, it's done. So I know that with the outsourcing, I can have all of those things. Without it, I am all of those. And really, if you don't outsource and you don't have those different people to do those three different jobs, your business is, if it's not going to fail, it's not going to grow. It's going to get to a point and it's going to just stay stagnant. And if you want it to grow, you have to delegate those things. So it is something, Nathan, and the more I talk to you about this, I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> you have your own way, right? So the mo most small business owners work in their business instead of working on their business. Yes. And so it is, it is a great read. And the first time I read it, it was more of like, a, okay, now you got the concept. Yeah. Now the second time I read it is like, okay, now you have to implement these things yeah. to make sure that your business does not stay stagnant and it grows beyond where it is now. So I needed this conversation more than you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I appreciate the reminder too. I mean, it's it's a this is something that I'm still learning to do more effectively with my team at Photographers Edit and Milu and and the podcast. It's it, it doesn't come natural, especially for those A type personalities who who feel yeah. like they need to kind of manage and maintain and control. You know, there's there's my way to do things, and and it may not even consciously be an ego driven thing. It's just something that we're comfortable with, and we feel like if we mm -hmm. do it, it's going to get done a way that is most yeah. effective. But to your point, E Myth Revisited, and we'll link to this in the show notes at bocapodcast.com for those of you who are curious. But E Myth Revisited is is very much about really the way that Ashley summed it up, I think it was great working on your business, not in your business, being mm -hmm. the CEO, not the technician, and ultimately developing a business that is scalable and sustainable. Mm -hmm. And um, it is definitely an important read. And I think it's it's one that all of us need to read just for the sake of perspective. It's It's really important to keep that in mind. Even if you are running a business that is built around your name, your name is essentially the brand, your persona is the brand. There's still ways to scale that business to make it sustainable so that you don't get burnt out in the process. Um, and it's really, really good food for thought. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely link to that in the show notes. But let's, let's get into kind of our, our main focus for today, which, as I mentioned earlier, is healthy approach to weight loss for photographers. And you, you made a statement earlier in association with something else um, that I thought was really poignant. You said you do what you want. Um, mm -hmm. When we want to make change in our lives, regardless of what area in our life that might be, we will make that change. If we don't truly Absolutely. want to, it's easy to make excuses, um, again, whether conscious or subconscious, and we avoid making that change. You've made a really significant change in your life um, and have lost quite a bit of weight, but there's a lot more to the story than that. And we're, we're going to get into that in a bit more detail. Let's start, though, with the, the big impactful thing, which is how many pounds you've lost total altogether at this point. Oh, wow. So I am down 120 pounds. So when I first started this most recent weight loss journey, because I've had, I've had quite a few weight loss journeys in my life, okay. I started at 256 pounds. Okay. 
I've maintained about 136 to 138 range. Wow. And thank you. So in elementary school, I've always, like from a young age, I've always kind of had a weight issue. And the summer between fifth and sixth grade, I went to, for lack of a better term, a fat camp, right? And at that point, it worked. But when I returned, I fell into the same habits that I had as a a fifth to sixth grader, you know, you're just snacking, you're playing video games. Like you, I guess at that time we went outside a little bit, but that, that was the time where going outside with your friends was kind of dying down. Sure. And so in college I lost 60 pounds and that was purely from diet and exercise. But then my mom got sick in 2008 Hmm. and I went into this depression and I gained those 60 pounds plus 40 pounds back more. I'm sorry, 40 pounds more. So now I'm like, really out of control or what I felt was out of control. And over the years I've struggled with this. And I had a conversation with one of my photographer friends, um, in 2017 at the blink conference. And that conversation kind of changed my life. And we discussed weight loss surgery. Right. Mm. So I knew that weight loss surgery wasn't the easy way out because I knew a few people that have had it and they were in fact, larger, at that point than when they got the surgery. So I know that it, this is just a tool that you can use to lose weight. Right. However, it is not a quick fix and you have to do your part. Right. So I wound up going the route to get VSG, which is a vertical sleeve gastrectomy. Okay. And for those that don't know, it's uh, where they cut out part of your stomach. So it goes from, you know, the stomach is kind of shaped like a little balloon, if you will. Yeah. So the ballooned part, they cut that off and it winds up being the shape of a banana. So it cut my stomach capacity down 80%. Wow. So like I have this, I had at that point, this the stomach the size of like an infant, right? Wow. So it was life changing. And it's like, look, this is a last resort type thing. Don't do this unless you're serious because it, it changes your life overnight. Um, so after the surgery, I said, okay, Ashley, you know, people that have had the surgery and it has not been successful for them. So you have to do your part to make sure that this works. Mm. So a month after the surgery, I got back into the gym and I would, I dedicated myself to the gym five days out of the week for an hour. I said, okay, I can do an hour for five days a week. This is something that I want. This is something that I'm going to do. Like you said, you can't make somebody want something if they don't want it. And I realized like just going to the gym and doing the same thing over and over the treadmill, that is boring. So I needed some variety. So I started taking classes and the thing about classes, especially like the hour classes, it's going to hold you accountable to that time that you said, if you walk out early, people are going to give you looks. If you walk (laughs) in late, people are going to give you a look. So it's like, okay, I'm going to get there on time. I'm going to leave after it's over. I'm not going to rush out to be the first one out. So I decided, okay, once I get in here, I'm going to try Zumba. I'm going to try weightlifting. I'm going to try the spinning classes. I'm going to try to run on the treadmill. I'm going to do step classes, yoga, HIIT workouts, jumping rope. Like I said, okay, I need variety if this is something that I'm going to maintain because I don't want to just get on the treadmill. It's going to get very boring very quickly. So that is what I did. And I, I have maintained that. And I'm just, I'm very proud of myself. And sometimes I kind of look in the mirror and I have to like thank myself. And I saw um, a clip from uh, Snoop Dogg when I think it was when he got his Hollywood star. Okay. And he was like, you know, I have to take a minute to thank myself. And people in the background, you can hear people laughing. And they're like, ah, yeah, funny, funny. He's like, no, I got to thank myself for showing up. Mm. I have to thank myself for, you know, doing the work. I have to thank myself for pushing myself when nobody believed in me. And it's like, dang, like these are things that, are very true. People are not going to believe in you. People are going to talk crap behind your back. People are going to like be frenemies. They're going to support you in your face, but behind you, they're going to talk all kind of crap. So you have to thank yourself for showing up and doing the work because if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. And this weight loss journey, it is my personal journey. And I am the only one internally that is affected by it. So I'm the one that has to work out. I'm the one who has to eat certain things. I'm the one who has to show up for myself. And it hit me so hard when he said, I want to thank myself. It's like, dang, Snoop, thank you. Thank you for saying that I need to thank myself because now it's something that I pay attention to. And it's like, you have to show up for yourself in order to get the results that you want. 
Well, speaking of though, I mean, this is a great segue to my next question, which has to do with motivation, because, you know, it'd be Mm -hmm. be easy for us to jump on here and and celebrate your weight loss, which we should do. I mean, it's amazing. We'll we'll post um, a a picture or two in the show notes for anybody who's curious. I mean, what what Ashley's accomplished here is, is really, really incredible, but it would be easy for us just to share quick few tips. Hey, this is what you might go try and have a great day and we'll talk to you later. I I think it's really (laughs) important regardless of the topic that we dig into kind of the philosophy and the thought process behind it. Um, Which brings me to this question about motivation, because again, to your earlier quote, you do what you want to do. And you had a desire that was innate, that was strong enough that actually encouraged movement, right? I mean, Tony Robbins talks about the idea of pain versus pleasure and pain has a tendency of making us move quicker than than pleasure does, right? So you experienced in some form or fashion enough pain that motivated you enough. It was enough to say, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm making change. And in your case, it was, I'm going to start with the surgery. And of course, you, you followed up with, with um, a consistent lifestyle, which has enabled you to maintain. But there was that initial motivation, um, a belief or set of beliefs that motivated you enough that it created an emotional reaction, which respond, which resulted in action. And I'm curious what yeah. that motivation or set of motivations was for you. So one of my, my favorite shows to watch is my 600 pound life. Okay. And that show was very, very, uh, crucial for this whole turning point because while I was nowhere near 600 pounds, some of the habits that they exhibited, I had like mm. sneak eating and not wanting to be very active or being out of breath for doing very low energy activities. And like, that was very awful. And I noticed I didn't even want to go out sometimes like, oh, I don't have anything to wear. It's like I have a closet full of clothes, but I don't feel comfortable in them or they don't fit. Mm. So that was that was a real turning point. And just seeing people on TV, it's like, OK, if these are habits that I have if I keep doing what I'm doing, this is somewhere that I can end up. It's like, no, I'm not there today, but who knows what four, five, 10 years from now looks like if I keep up with the same um, habit that I have. So I wasn't comfortable. Nothing was comfortable. Even like going up a flight of steps, I was winded or sitting in chairs that had arms on them. Jeans were tight. And anyone who hasn't been overweight will never understand those struggles. But I was kind of sad because I was overweight, but I was overweight also because I was sad. So it was like Mm. a vicious cycle Mm -hmm. of like non-ending cycle. And I remembered how I felt in college when I lost the weight. I was happy and I needed to get back to that place. And I spent a lot of my 20s unhappy and unhealthy that I didn't want to spend my 30s that same way. And I felt like I was missing out on my own life. And um, another like motivating thing, I think, you know, Instagram and social media in general is such a powerful tool. And it's important to follow people that inspire you. Yeah. And it's easy to go down a rabbit hole on social media. And if you're following like, and I, this is a guilty pleasure of mine, like those tasty accounts where they're like cooking food. Oh and my like, word. Yes. Never healthy. <laughs> never healthy. They're like, look at this fried chicken sandwich on a Krispy Kreme donut. And I'm like, oh my God. That <laughs> but it's like never a good outcome. Right. And so I started following a lot of people that were transforming their bodies, not like just weight loss accounts that people have like always been in shape and like, right. oh, look at this, this, um, this push up routine that I just put together. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. can't even do a push up. So like, let me start from the people who started out where I am now and yeah. getting to where I want to be. Yeah. So like, those are the types of things that I kind of flooded my feed with and, I realized that following those people that were documenting their journey really helped me with creating my own journey and just keeping myself accountable. So I wanted to document my progress so that people could see like, hey, this is something that is attainable. And it's just different when you see someone that you know change their life and it's it hits closer to home. So I felt like for those people that follow me and that know me that also have the same struggle, if I document my life, they'll be like, oh, I know her. I know the things that she um, faces. Mm. And like, this is a real life thing instead of like these in- Instagram people, they're like, Oh, I don't know that person. They could have done whatever. Right. But I literally documented so many things on my Instagram. I even like made a whole separate weight loss, um, Instagram page, but it's hard to like keep up with all these different pages. So then I just kind of like started putting it on my regular photography page. Cause I'm like, this is where I am. This is a part of my journey. And I want people to know who I am. So whether that's my business, whether that's my personal business, my weight loss journey, all of these things. And I think, like you were saying, it's important to motivate yourself. 
but it's also important to have an accountability partner. And mm. since I have started my weight loss journey, everybody in my family has started their own journey. Like my dad, I got him into the gym. So he started walking. He wow. would go to the hot tub, the sauna. So he's lost probably about 40 pounds. Wow. My brother has lost about 55 pounds running. So he's gone from like, what do they say? From couch to 5K, except he's gone from like couch to half marathon. Yeah, like, yeah. Run, like half marathons. He's lost probably about 55 pounds. My mom has lost weight. She's toning. Like we go to the trainer. It's just, it's incredible how many lives you can affect when you just do your own journey and kind of document it. I didn't say, oh, this is what you need to do. You need to do this. No, no, no. I led by example because more is caught than taught. So if you just do it, people are going to see it and they'll say, oh, damn, that's something I can do. And I, I another thing about like documenting on my Instagram is I try to hold myself accountable. So it's like if I if I do it and then people are like, oh, my gosh, that's so great. Thank you. You motivated me to get up and jump rope or you motivated mm-hmm. me to get off the couch and go do something. So when people respond to that. It's like, wow, I'm helping other people and I am such a people person. Like that is important to me. So that keeps me motivated. Just the responses that I get about like, whoa, I was on the couch, but now like, I don't feel like working out, but I'm just going to get up and do it. So like, it's just a cycle of helping people and, and helping people is helping me. Well, and, and you mentioned actually in a post just recently um, that enthusiasm is common, endurance is rare. And I love that quote oh, yeah. because it is very, I mean, this is something I can very much relate to. This has been true for me, not not just in, in my efforts at health or, or having better health, but also even in business too. It's ex- it's exciting when you get something started and you have some you know boosts from people encouraging you and supporting you, but it's another thing to actually follow through and maintain. And, and I have a lot of respect actually for the fact that you didn't just lose the weight, but you've actually been consistent in, in maintaining, which takes effort. Um, that effort yeah. and, and consistency, too, I think is a reflection of of character and this idea of discipline, which is something that's really not talked about enough, I don't think. I mean, you, you talk about what motivated you. One of the things that motivated you was observing somebody else's behavioral patterns and saying, that's not the person that I want to be. That's mm-hmm. not the behaviors that I want to exhibit. This is who I want to be. Again, that's a reflection of character and ultimately of, of discipline. And I, I think that, you know, as, as much as we are in, in our culture kind of shifting in the direction of showing more empathy and more kindness, which is, I mean, 100% important and necessary, at the same time, taking responsibility for the amount of discipline that we exhibit in our lives um, which again is a reflection of our character. I think it's important that we have honest conversations about that side of the equation as well, which leads me to my next question. We, we've been in our culture obsessed with this idea of self-love, talking about making sure that we love ourselves, that we're not too hard on ourselves. And I mean, honestly, that's something that I need to work on. Uh, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I feel like that in some ways has been kind of a scapegoat, scapegoat or an out, if you will, for not going back to the idea of character, not exerting discipline in our lives. And as a result, taking care of ourselves, helping ourselves be more healthy. Where do you think the balance is between that idea of loving ourselves, but also taking responsibility for our behavior and how that impacts our health? Yeah. And it's such a tricky question because some may say like, the route that I took was unhealthy because I decided to do weight loss surgery. And honestly, anytime you go under anesthesia, there are so many major risks involved. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is like a life or death situation hmm. and everyone's journey is their own. And no matter what you say to someone, they're going to do what they feel is best for them. So too much of anything can be bad. So whether that's like too much food, too much gym, too much sleep, too much water intake even, or like too many hours working, all of these things in moderation are great, but you have to kind of know yourself and know when something isn't right for you and it's not for everybody else. And I guess it kind of goes back to the, you're the only one on your journey. So there are a lot of people that are like body positive and they're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable in my body. And if that's what works for them, been great, but that is not what worked for me. So like you said, you have to work towards that goal. And like, I feel like if I need to go to the gym, I need to balance out those cookies that I ate because last night 
being in the house quarantine, I am a snacker, right? <laughs> I snack, I snack, I snack, but I also know, okay, I snacked last night. So today I need to balance that out with jumping rope. I need to balance that out with some kind of movement because it's like a checks and balances thing. You can't have too much something without too much of the other to balance it out. And it's just, it's hard to know, I guess, what is that healthy balance? Because we all have a different idea of what a healthy balance is. It, it's it's true. So it's like, is it hurting you? Is it hurting someone else? Yeah. Like it, it's hard. It's hard to say. It, it is. And and I, I want to make sure that we emphasize, I'm glad that you bring that up. It, the, the so-called healthy balance, at least from a, a personal perspective, day-to-day existence, that is going to look different. But I, I think where I want to push back, and again, I'm curious to get your take on this, under that that notion of body positivity, which is a phrase that we are hearing quite a bit these days, yeah. you said if, if that works for you, then great. But I guess where I, I want to push back there is there's so in, in, I guess, the effort to be more positive, to love ourselves, to be more positive about how we look, the, the conversation about objective kind of scientific based or science based health facts, numbers, because it's interesting, actually, a number of years ago, um, I actually went and, and had some really detailed blood work done. And what I realized, and this went way beyond the, the con- typical blood panel that you might get done when you have a physical, basic physical. And what I realized was, wow, like I can actually look at my body as a machine. And there are numbers that reflect or healthy numbers um, that I can shoot for. And if there's something that's low or too high, I can make adjustments in the way that I'm that I'm eating, the way that I may be supplementing, the way that I'm exercising, the amount of sleep that I'm getting. I can make adjustments in order to make improvements to those numbers. So it's easy for us to get kind of get stuck in the the feelings part of the conversation, but there's some actual scientific fact behind what is healthy for our body and the long-term effects of being in a place that is not healthy. And the last thing that we're trying to suggest is that we go look like some anorexic model on, on the cover of a magazine, right? That's not that's not even the point of conversation here. But right. I, I feel like we're compromising in the realm of, of actual, again, scientific-based health conversation when we just kind of go based on how we feel. So where, again, where do you think the balance is there? It's, it's really hard to say. And honestly, like, I think we have so many, because of social media, like uh, just talking about the whole rabbit hole there are so many different ideas of what health is. And until, like you said, until you do like that in-depth blood work, you don't even realize what is or what is not healthy in your own body. And while a lot of people may look healthy on the outside, they may be struggling with all kinds of things on the inside. So uh, this is some, I feel like there are so many layers to this question. (laughs) There is, yeah. And And I'm not not trying to put you in a bad place, Ashley. I just, I I just wish that there was a bit more honest conversation. And and, and I know that you are that, that's your personality. So I just, I'd love to kind of get your take on it, having been through this experience too. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of back to the social media. There are so many people that are paid influencers. I'm just going to use this as an example. Sure. There are so many people that are paid influencers and there are so many paid influencers that are on the workout side. And there are so many paid influencers that are on the, for lack of a better term, body positive side. And you have a lot of people looking up to either one and they're like, this is what I want for my life. If they want to work out more, they're looking towards the body, um, the, the healthy looking outside influencers. So the ones that are working out, the ones that are drinking shakes or having a vegetable smoothie. But if they want to look more towards the body positive, because that's where they feel they fit in, because that's what they are currently doing, then that's who they're going to follow. So I don't know that I have the answer for this. Um, (laughs) That's fair. Also, it's something that I struggle with in my mind. And Mm. it's kind of why I changed my whole feed on my Instagram to who I'm following. Like I'm going to follow those people that are that started out with the body positive body that wound up being the influencer health influencer body yeah. on their page. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I wanted to take myself from one extreme to the other, so I followed people that were doing that. And in no way am I trying to be an influencer on social media, but I have noticed that I influence people because I share my journey and I show like, hey, every day is not great, and it's not going to be the that Instagram reel, the highlight reel every day. And I'm, I too am going to mess up and see my mistakes as I do them. 
because I feel like it is real life and none of this happens overnight. So you kind of have to train yourself, kind of how you train yourself in business to learn how to be a business person. You have to train yourself how to kind of take your mindset from this is where I am to this is where I want to be. Yeah. And it, in, it starts in the mind and then it kind of like flows through everything else. So I guess the, the healthy part is getting the mind right to say, okay, how do I change from where I am to where I want to be? Whether that's on whatever side of the spectrum you're on, it's like, how do I go from here to there? What in my mind has to change for yeah. everything else to kind of flow? Well, it's, it's really true. I mean, and of course, with the obvious exceptions, and I want to make sure I acknowledge some people deal with actual physical health issues, whether hereditary or otherwise, that do yeah. affect their their weight, whatever it might be. So I, I, I want to make sure we're clear in acknowledging that. But with that exception, which that is not the norm, let's, let's be honest. Yeah. With that exception, it really is a mental thing. I mean, it, I look back, so I, at one point I weighed close to 240 pounds myself. And mm-hmm. the, the behaviors that led to that were internal, right? They were mental, psychological, and Yes, they were reflect, reflection ultimately in some ways of a lack of discipline. There were kind of obsessive or addictive behaviors associated with getting to that weight that I still struggle with, that I still fight. And uh, so the internal piece of it really does have to be addressed to make the not only the biggest but most long-lasting, I should say, impact. And we need to start there. I just, I, I want to encourage everybody to be honest with themselves. It's important that we love ourselves, that we accept ourselves, because if we don't, ironically, that can actually even play out negatively in our effort to to lose weight or to, to become yeah. more healthy. But the other side of that conversation is honesty. And, you know, again, in most cases, always exceptions, but in most oh, yeah. cases, weight gain, significant weight gain in particular is a reflection of habits that we develop that are not healthy. And it's not Mm -hmm. comfortable to acknowledge that. It's not comfortable to make the changes necessary to lose the weight. But on the other side of that, and this is something that you you mentioned earlier in passing, Ashley, which I think should also be pointed out, which is that there is significant benefit, not just on the health side, but lifestyle wise. I mean, I realize now if I put on whatever it is, 10 pounds, that that the difference in my day-to-day lifestyle, how it's affected so significantly, the idea that I weighed, you know, an additional 40 pounds in, in years past is just kind of crazy to think about. If you're used to being at that heavier weight, maybe you don't realize what you're missing out on. But the exactly. the improvement in lifestyle, whether it's day-to-day or the type of activities you can engage on, the adventures that you can go on, the things that you can experience in life are changed drastically when you drop that extra weight. And you have the freedom to be able to do those things in a way that's much more enjoyable as well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll leave yeah. that alone for now. Uh, I know it is a <laughs> loaded, very layered topic. And, um, and, and I, again, I don't want to suggest that there is only one way to do things. I just want to encourage an honest, a more honest conversation in our culture. While we do need to make yeah. sure that there is body positivity, that we are showing love for ourselves and for others. Um, and that certainly the last thing that we need to do is to have some unnatural, unhealthy standard that we're trying to reach for. We also need to maintain um, a, a certain level of awareness and honesty with ourselves about the significance of discipline and ultimately take responsibility for our behavior and all of this. I think it's really mm-hmm. important. But speaking of that behavior, are there, will you just share with our listeners, Ashley, as we kind of close here, specific ideas or behaviors that have made the big difference, not just in your ability to lose weight, but also to keep it off? Yeah. So one thing that I've noticed about, especially like working out, nobody likes it, but it works, right? <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything is either working towards my goal or away from it. Like, am I close enough to my goal that I can take a little break right now? Or is like this one little break going to turn into a slippery slope and put me back where I started? Like nobody likes it, but it is definitely worth it. And it works. Um, that is the first thing. The second thing is consistency. So one of my favorite lines from Miguel Skywalker song is, got to put the work in till it works out. Hmm. So I noticed like, hey, keep at it. And what, like once you stay consistent, it is going to work. And that, that kind of goes with like anything in business, in weight loss, in yeah. relationships, and just anything. Consistency is key. So you put the work in till it works out, and then you keep working on it to maintain it. Because I think a lot of times we'll put the work in until it works out and then we'll stop working on it. 
And then it's like, whoa, you look up and you're like, whoa, how to get back where I started? It's like, because you stopped working on it. Mm. So you have to keep working on it. Yeah, enthusiasm is common. Endurance is rare, right? It's rare. It is rare. You got to keep that enthusiasm going throughout. You have to finish the course. Like you have to stay the course. course. Don't just stop when you feel like, oh, I've gotten to where I want to be. It's like, okay, now maintain it. That is, I think it's harder to maintain than to actually get there because you see yourself where you want it to be. And you're like, oh, okay, I did the work to get here. It's like, oh, but the work has just started. (laughs) Like you have just begun. Like there's no stopping now. And I think the last thing is the days are long, but the years are quick and it's going to feel like forever while you're in it. But in the very, very near future, you're going to look back and say, dang, like, look at all the changes that I made. And it really didn't take as long as I thought it would. And now I'm here. So it's like the days are long, but the years are quick. So those are my three behaviors. Oh, it's it's good. Yeah. Big ideas. And, And again, ideas, philosophy can help us. It can help drive a, a consistency in maintaining efforts at, at a particular thing, in this case, of course, weight loss. But I want to go back to the first thing. Nobody likes it, but it works. We are like in an uber comfy first world culture in 2020 where, you know, the idea of being uncomfortable, we don't really have to go many places anymore that are uncomfortable per se. And yeah. so it's, it's, I think, become a lot easier to shun doing something like working out just because we're uncomfortable with the idea of it. We have to push ourselves a little bit. It's not something that we, quote, like, um, when the reality is, of course, on the other side of that, the benefits are just massive. What, is there something that has enabled you, even in those instances where you're uncomfortable, just to kind of push beyond that? I mean, this, I guess, relates back to the question of motivation, but what enables you to step beyond uncomfort? So like just being able to share and motivate others pushes me beyond that discomfort. So I am a very private person and you wouldn't really know based on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess I, I kind of hide behind that whole internet thing. It's like, oh, I'm over here and people are in the internet world. So like I can share and then not look at it. But like in real life, I am super behind the scenes. I get anxious if I have too many people looking at me. Like if people sing me happy birthday, it like it like makes me clam up. I don't like attention. Hmm. Like I like attention, like one-on-one attention. Sure. But to be the center of attention, it is very, very, very uncomfortable for me. So even like podcasts, I had to like talk myself into it. When you said, Oh, will you do it? I'm like, sure, sure. But inside I was like, why are you doing this? <laughs> don't want to do it. But then I think back to all of the people that it can help. And I just know that all of the accounts that I followed that helped me, if it Mm. weren't for them sharing their story, I wouldn't be here to share my story to help somebody else. So just helping others is pushing me beyond that comfort zone. I love it. And yeah, like my hands are still sweating and we've been talking for, I don't know, 45 minutes and I'm still (laughs) like nervous. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's crazy. Well, you've totally rocked it. But I I mean, you're the the level of accountability that you've shown by continuing to put yourself out there um, and knowing, I mean, I I love this. I love this. It really brings us back to something we've been talking about a good bit on the podcast as of late, which is what am I doing to, to add value to somebody else's life? And, you know, if, if we're struggling for motivation to do something that we're uncomfortable with in the moment, if we can look for a way that in some way we are serving somebody else or serving other people, um, we are benefiting other people and let that be the driving factor. Let it be bigger than just me and how I feel in the moment, but let it be that I am somehow helping or benefiting, adding value to somebody else's life. Uh, let that be the motivation. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, yeah. um, I, and this is honestly an encouragement for me too. So I, I really appreciate that consistency. This has been something that I've, that I've struggled with on various levels over the years, um, including actually in, in maintaining a certain weight or shall we say health ultimately. Uh, but I really appreciate that encouragement. And when I saw that, I think I actually screenshotted it the other day when I saw your post that enthusiasm is common, endurance is rare, because I know my tendency to get really excited initially. And you see those initial results and you're like, oh, I could do this. But it's yeah. staying the course that becomes the, the biggest challenge. And I think the the points that you've mentioned today about motivation can play a big role in, in helping us be consistent. And then that last point, days are long, but years are quick. And I, I, one of the things that I've found, um, even thinking about it now, that I think might be helpful to our listeners, if you're looking for a way to stay motivated when, you know, right this second, maybe it feels like a, a particular challenge maintaining a certain level of health for yourself take some pictures i mean ashley demonstrates this oh, very for well sure, for 
But when you're, sure. when you're able to look back over time, you may not see the results in a week or a month that you're looking for. But if you can look back six months or you can look back a year, you can look back two years, um, you're talking about you know, being proud of what you've accomplished. That enables you to be able to, to kind of revel in that. And, and it's a really great tool, I think, to, to just take those snapshots occasionally to, to give yourself a certain level of accountability, but also a certain level of motivation over time that can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to like, as you go through the journey, you have to remind yourself like, look, this is where you started. And yeah. now look where you are, because it's not always about the end goal. It's about the journey getting there. And you have to let yourself know like, hey, I'm proud of you for getting from point A to point B. We're not at Z yet, but we're <laughs> definitely like now we're at least at like G. Yeah, yeah. So like we're getting there. We are getting there. And it's it's a journey to get there. It's not just about the final destination. It is a marathon and not a sprint. So the marathon definitely continues. Oh, that's good. That's good. I, that's a beautiful way to sum up our conversation. I really can't thank you enough for making time to do this, for being vulnerable, for putting yourself out there, for the value that you've added to us today, not just today, but then ultimately through your Instagram account over time too. And we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes, bocapodcast.com. Um, thank you so much for making time for our community today, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.